Welcome to Views from the Porch, a podcast where we explore what it looks like to survive and thrive in your young adult years. Each week, we talk about the biggest challenges facing young adults today and how to overcome them from God's Word based on our weekly experience in leading thousands of young adults at the porch. For more info on The Porch, visit theporch.live. Thank you for joining. What's up, guys? This is David. We are back with another episode of Views from the Porch. I'm joined with the one and only Laura Eldridge. Hey, y'all. And Mr. J.D. Rogers. What's up? <laughs> What's up, guys? What's up? No, you know, just post-Thanksgiving, whenever, mm. whenever this gets released. Yeah, I hope it's after Thanksgiving. Man. Are, you, are y'all Friendsgiving people? Like, do you have a bunch of Friendsgiving dinners? I was at one last night. Nice. Really? Yep, I was. I karaoke'd until the night. I don't know what I was going to say there, but all night. Did you have turkey? Oh, yeah. We had turkey last night. We had a like, family early Thanksgiving last night. Yeah, we had food everywhere. It was amazing. It was wow. in South Lake. It was yeah. fun. Um, we are family Thanksgiving out, but I think we're also doing something as a team here soon. But anyways, that's, that's not what we're talking about. It kind of is. Speaking of Friendsgiving, we're talking about friends today. Whoa! And uh, we're actually talking about fake friends. Oh. Bum, bum, bum. Wow. You know, Drake said it best. What did he say? Give it to he him. He said, I got fake friends showing fake love to me straight mm. up to my face. That's what he says. And it's because people can all identify with fake friends. Like, I think so. Y'all ever, you ever had a fake friend? Oh, do you have You ever had a fake I? friend, Laura? Absolutely. I got fake friends all around. Yeah. <laughs> Not really. But, you know, I think the reason why we have fake friends is one, Maybe we are fake friends as well in return. Ooh. And two, we don't know what the Bible would have to say about real friends. And maybe a lot of times is because we actually enter into friendships looking to, to for something that's not even what God would have for friendships. You know, we'll get there, I'm sure. But one of the things the Bible says in the Proverbs is a faithful friend wounds a brother or sister. Like, what does that even mean? And it's like, I bet people, if you try to wound them, like you try to say something that they needed to hear, they're like, man, you're fake. You're not with me. You're against me. You're a fake friend. And it's like, so like we have all these different interpretations of what a fake friend could be. And maybe because we don't even know what a real friend is supposed to look like. And so I want to talk about that today, David. Okay. And then I also want to talk about people transitioning from old to new, death to life, dark to light. Like when they start trying to follow Jesus, like really follow him. One of the things that I, I think one of the hardest parts of following Jesus is learning who you need to keep around. I believe that you said it before at the porch talking about changing your playmates and playground playmates and playground. That is hard. And it, it has mourning that comes with it. A lot of times there's a season of loneliness. It's like, it's like you're picking up and moving homes where you're like leaving people who like were in it. Like, the new Christian people will never know what these people knew. And there's such depth there. I mean, we had tears, we had heartbreak, we had went through, ch- like people got cheated on and so much depth there that it's like, and I'm supposed to just leave? Like, cause they're not good for me? Like what? They were my, they were my day ones. And so let's talk about one, what would the Bible define as a real friend? Let's just start there. Um, I think there's a lot of characteristics that it would lay out. The Bible actually talks a lot about friendship. In fact, some of the examples that it gives of the worst decisions in the nation of Israel, which is the Old Testament is primarily about the nation, were a result of really bad friends. Um, the kingdom, so the nation of Israel had a civil war and totally divided. And it all came down to 
the king of that day, Rehoboam, son of Solomon, listened to his friends and made some really, really dumb decisions. And the people totally split the um, relationship that David had on a positive side with uh, Jonathan Barzillai. What? Yep. Barzillai, the Gileite at a second Samuel 17, uh, his friendship with Jonathan and the relationship that they had there, where it says in first Samuel chapter 18, that Jonathan and David loved each other. Jonathan loved David so much that he gave him his cloak, even his sword, and they just had a, a soul bond together. So as this, friends. Yeah, as, We have to clarify friends. that. Totally. David yeah. and Nathan. David and Nathan, that he was willing to be a faithful friend that would come in and say, hey, you did evil and messed up and you need to repent. So I think some of the things that the biblical uh, perspective says about friends is, one, they influence us. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20 says, he who walks with the wise, you run with wise people, you grow wise. Companions of fools will suffer harm. So they influence you for good or for bad. You run with the wrong people, you're going to suffer for it. You're going to pay for it. You're going to end up, um, it, that includes everything from, hey, I got in the DUI to we got you know pulled over and that's when we got arrested to that's when I was introduced to alcohol to that's when I was introduced to marijuana. Whatever it is, our friends shape the direction and destination of our lives for good or for bad. So making sure that I run with the right people. So friends uh, influence your life in a positive or negative thing. Friends, true friends are going to be willing. Proverbs chapter 27, verse six says, they're going to be willing to, at times, faithfully wound you where it says faithful are the wounds of a friend. They will tell you your breath stinks or they'll say, hey, when you did that, you came across this way, but profuse are the kisses of an enemy that an enemy they won't tell you or point out any ways that you could grow or change or something that may be off or, hey, you know, there's a pattern of like you always date these dead end guys. The common denominator is you. A faithful friend is going to be willing to speak the truth in love because they care about you. So they influence your life. They're faithfully and they're faithful. They're willing to speak those things. They they stick with you. I mean, there is something like the whole ride or die is a biblical idea where it says there are friends who are that stick closer than a brother or they stick closer than even family. Ultimately, as people who are part of the family of God, our relationship, because through the Holy Spirit, like we have the same God, same faith, same eternal destination, that should bond us to one another and provide really a foundation to which other fellow believers share the most important thing about you, which is at a soul level, uh, your relationship with Jesus. So there's David, someone- David, you and uh, I would say- most people that know you, you and JP, I feel like are really good friends. If y'all don't know, JP, Jonathan Makuda used to direct the porch. David and him worked together for how many years? Uh, 10. 10 years. And so even today, now he lives in Waco, Texas, and y'all are, I mean, ride or dies still in each other's lives. Can you give me, talk? I just want to, that word faithfully wound just kind of sounds like an oxymoron. It just doesn't sound, it's like, does it sound, what does that mean? What does that mean? Like, have y'all had as I'm genuinely asking because there been a time where that what does that look like in y'all's friendship that's like helped you and you're like whoa and you could have rejected it because it hurts to hear truth but like what does that what does that look like for y'all? I think it looks like everything from hey you shouldn't buy that car to hey you know that you're not like very kind sometimes uh, like they're willing to help speak into if they see like JP and I've had that conversation about a thousand different things where it's somebody who's willing, who loves you enough to where they don't need your approval or they don't need you to like them or they don't need anything from you. They're like, man, I genuinely care about you. I think if you lease that car, that's going to be a really bad decision. Like, why would you do that? And didn't you just, you know, y'all are trying to pay off X debt over here. 
that would be a bad decision. They're willing to say the truth, even if you, they know you're not going to want to hear it. Because a lot of us, I mean, let's be honest. A lot of us are like, oh, I know they're not going to want to hear this. So I don't want to say it because nobody wants to make people feel bad. And there's times we need people who love us enough to tell us things that we don't always want to hear in the moment. So um, as it relates to buying a house, as it relates to, <laughs> as it relates to somebody getting a dog, he was like, man, I'm just telling you, you shouldn't get that dog. You got that dog. <laughs> Big mistake, but um, Judah. So whether it's that or even in leadership and leading and working together so closely, there would be times where he would just say, "Hey, I think that you need to like Liz was a girl that was on our team. I think that the way that you lead Liz, like you need to be more thoughtful and how to and uh, care for her feelings, uh, considerate of of um, just like how you approach." And he would be willing to call out different things that he would see in leadership, or even say, "Hey, in this growth." Uh, or like for me in teaching. So one of the things that is involved in my job is is teaching. And he would be faithful enough to say, hey, I think sometimes you, um, you'll you add things that are distracting and they may be funny or people may like them or, um, or you don't even care, but I think it can distract. And that's not always fun to hear. And if I sat here long enough or if we called him on the phone, he probably could come up with 18. But at the flip side, he invited that in and he invited it into his life to say, hey, I'm just telling you, JP, I don't think that's wise or you shouldn't take that speaking engagement or you shouldn't make that decision or, hey, that post on social media. And I just, I, I think it may come off the way that you won't want it to. And um, so I think that mutual relationship, which... Uh, uh, you know, I know we all have with lots of people in our lives with close friends is a crucial component for believers and fellow friends. Another bad example, because the Bible has positive examples and really negative is the friends of Job. Job is a guy, Old Testament, loses everything, basically worst to the worst. His family dies, his house and business gets burned up and destroyed and his friends come along and he had not surrounded himself with really godly friends. So they're like, they, they basically had karma faith. So they came along and they were like, Job, what in the world did you do to God to piss him off so much that you would lose all this stuff? Clearly, you are in the wrong here. And Job, because he had terrible friends, he wouldn't even do a lower place. So point being, the Bible is very clear. Who you run with matters. Who, it's like uh, the illustration we've used before is life is like a carpool or it's like, um, it's like a road trip. All of us are on a road trip. Your 20s are a road trip. The direction and destinations along your road trip of your 20s is going to be determined by who's in the car. When I was in college, I went on road trip uh, before my senior year with a bunch of friends. And we really, uh, we literally, oh man, this was a fun trip. We got together, there's four of us, um, Bryson, Derek, myself, a guy named Will, and still close friends today. But we got together, we were about to leave for spring break. We did what guys do. We get together, flip a coin. Are we going east or are we going west? Flip the coin, we're going east. We took off, we drove, and along the way, uh, all of the four of us in the car shaped the different places we're going to stop. So one guy was like, man, I want to go see the place where Elvis is. What's that called? It's like, it's in Nashville or it's uh, Memphis. There's like uh, Graceland. Graceland. It's where Elvis used to live. Are you serious? You guys know who Elvis is? Yeah, I know Elvis. You don't know know who Elvis is. I know who Elvis is. Listen, I lived in Nashville. You ain't nothing but a hound dog. Ah! 
come on. Uh, and then we stopped. Uh, one guy was dating a girl, so we stopped at Destin, Florida, or Watercolor, or something like that. And then we stopped in uh, Nashville, and we went to another friend's in the Appalachian Mountains, and we hiked a bit. Every destination was shaped. We stopped in, in Charleston, South Carolina, because another guy was like, man, I've always wanted to see Charleston. It was shaped by the four of us. The people that were in the car influenced the destinations where we stopped, the direction we were all headed. Life is like that. And your closest friends are shaping the direction of your life. I think it was Steve Jobs. It's been said so many times. Hey, show me your friends. I'll show you your future. You are the sum of your five closest friends. They're influencing. They're shaping you. They, they impact the type of woman you're looking for, the type of guy that you're looking for, the TV shows that you're interested in, the way that you think about money. They influence who you vote for politically. I mean, think about the impact of just who we run with. And here would be the thing that I think is really dangerous for young adults. Man, I'm just going. Let's go. It's good. Back to Elvis. Is we are acceptance magnets. We all, as humans, crave acceptance from people. So we naturally gravitate towards people who will accept us and appreciate us. And, and we want to be around and we want to be connected to. If you allow the people who you just gravitate towards or you let that magnet pull you in the direction of not godly people... The Bible says there's real significant consequences for that. So if you are trying to follow Jesus and the friends that you hang out most often with are not trying to follow Jesus, you're not going to be following Jesus very well. So right now, just really quick before you keep going, because you are dropping heat, ask yourself, am I around people? Have I been nothing but accepted? Like analyze your last year of relationships. Has everyone told me, what I want to hear. Does everyone just hype me up all the time? Yes, girl, you want the car? You want to be happy? Buy that car. You want to you want to buy that? Buy that. Do this. You want to date her? Date her, bro. Like are they all just telling you what will never make you quote unquote happy or you what you will make you feel accepted or are you all just kind of pacifying each other and not actually pushing each other? towards anything of actual significant value and just think about that. Man, when's the last time I was challenged? Because we have to all admit, we, we all make mistakes. With mistakes, needs to come challenge, a call out, a higher calling. So when's the last time you were challenged? When's the last time you were called to more? When's the last time you were told you have food in your teeth? Like, what does that look like? And if you don't have it, you might need to reconsider who you're hanging out with. And not just challenge, but challenge biblically, because it's yeah. it's one thing to look and say, I don't think that's a good idea. And it's another thing to look in scripture and say, hey, let's dive into this together and see what the Bible says about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love you so much. I'm going to sit down and I don't think this is right. Or I think this may be off. Or, this just seems bizarre. And um, and that's not always uh, an easy thing to do, but it, it's biblically, it's a mark of a true friend. Uh, Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, bad company corrupts good character. That verse is so crazy to me because he, he, Paul says, the company you keep is stronger than the character you have. Think about that. Bad company corrupts good character. That the company you keep is stronger than the character you have or the convictions that you have. So you run with the wrong people and you're like, man, I just think, you know, smoking weed is a waste of time. But if you run with everybody who smokes weed, it's going to end up leading to you smoking weed. And that's a really random kind of nuanced example. But Paul's point is, man, the company you keep is stronger than the convictions you have. So you run with the wrong people and they don't have faith as a big priority. So of course they're going to be like, look, you should date Kevin. He's not that religious like you are, but 
man, he's amazing. He's got a great job. Good. He's just, his jawline is really strong. And, uh, and they're going to encourage you. And Paul says, be really careful. Bad company corrupts good morals or corrupts good character. And the company you keep is stronger than the convictions you have, the character you have, than the faith that you have. So is the goal for friendship happiness? Is the goal, because that's where I think a lot of people get it wrong, is they think that's what friends do. They help you get more happy. They help you experience more success in life. They help you not be lonely. They're they're your hype girl, your hype guy. They're your sidekick, um, your wingman. So is that like the goal of a friend? Man, I guess it depends on, on who's asking and what they're asking for. Human beings were, were created, were social creatures. Like we were created, God, the very first thing says it's not good for man to be alone. I think biblically, the things that we're pointing to is everything we talked about with faithful wounds and willing to tell you the truth would fall under wise counsel. Um, so part of the uh, gift of friendship and part of the thing that true friends will give is biblical wise counsel in your life that they'll speak into, they'll be a thought partner, they'll biblically advise you. And I think another one is, and this is the most churchy way I could put it. So I'm trying to think of another way to say it. It's like Christ-centered connection, that they value the things that God values, that I and following Jesus value. And so it's really hard for me to bond with somebody from, let me, here's an illustration. It's going to be really out of left field. But um, when I uh, travel to, uh, I went to the Amazon one time. And we were traveling to Brazil doing, doing sharing the gospel and stuff down there. There were people that we would interact with and we didn't speak the same language. It was really difficult for me to bond at anything other than a superficial level without a translator. Because have you ever had this moment where you don't speak their language? Yeah, like totally. you don't speak uh, Portuguese and they don't speak English and there's no translator. Yeah. And you're kind of like, bathroom, bathroom, <laughs> uh, restroom, uh, uh, you acted out after that. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Where you get, you're like, uh, food, food, food. And they're like, what, what are you doing right now? And they're confused and you're confused. It's really difficult because you don't share a common language. In the same way, as it relates to uh, your inability to go deep there, your inability to go to certain degrees of depth relationally is going to be directly impacted if you and the other person don't share your same faith. Because they're never going to see eye to eye on different topics because they don't share that same faith. They can't, they can't dialogue back and forth with you. And so I think that Christ-centered connection is like, man, we can really, we can go as deep as possible um, or the potential to go as deep as possible exists because we share the same faith. We share the same um, priority of Jesus is ultimately what matters most. So will I always go as deep as everybody with possible, any Christian, if they're just follower of Christ? No, but that person, if they're a follower of Jesus, like I am, has the potential to be a really deep, long lasting, authentic, helpful friend. This is so good. I was having this conversation this week about, I was asking a guy about, hey, I'm thinking about to have this hard conversation with our friend, just kind of getting his thoughts on it, how I should approach it. And I was like, the reason why I have to do this, I don't want to do this, but I have to do it. Because I think about, I think the, one of the problems that we do is we start a friendship off asking ourselves, what can this person do for me? How can they serve me? How can they make me look better? What value do they add to my life? Are they good looking enough? Are, are, do people like them? Are they gifted? What value do they add to me? So when that person starts to not add value, we kind of start to be out on them because it was all about, you, you live like it's like a deposit. It's like you live like it's all about them, but really it's like, but as long as you keep scratching my back and we're like doing this thing, we keep it up. But a faithful friend is w with you you can, I just want you for you. You can never give me 
anything in return. And I just, I choose to be your friend. And I look at scripture for even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to lay his life down as a ransom for many. And then Jesus says, no greater love than this. This is crazy to me. No greater love than this, that a man would lay down his life for his friend. And it's always this concept of like, you are laying down your life. You are serving. You're asking, what can I bring to them? Not what can they bring to me? And it's always about, and Jesus displayed it the most when he came down to serve us, to be our greatest friend. Like, you know that song, what a friend we have in Jesus. Like that's it. Mm. He's such a good friend because he laid down his life for every single one of us. Exactly. And so the thing, I've been singing a lot on these last, so, and so I think um, all that to say, when I'm challenged with like the fear of like, like, bringing up something hard to my friend, it's like, man, they're not going to think I'm loving them because I'm not supporting them or whatever. No, not speaking up is choosing to not love them. The most loving thing you can do is go, I'm going to lay down my life and mean that this might mean that you run away from me for a while and I won't get you in my life and all that you bring to me if it means that I love you enough to tell you truth from God's word. And so with that, with that idea, I think a lot of times when we make new friends, like a lot of people when I, when they're, when I talk to now, when they're transitioning from old, fr- like their old life to their new life, they start to make new friends and they start to get like a lot of heat. They're like, their old friends are like, you never come around anymore. You never this, you never that. And they come to me and they're like, what do I do? I'm too weak. Like you said, bad company corrupts good morals. So I'm too weak to be with them all the time, but how do I show them I still love them? And I guess, so David, like just what, what would you say practically for that person in that tension? They're getting heat from their old friends. They don't know how to strip to their friends. Hey, cause you don't live for Jesus. Cause then they're like, what do you mean? I, I go to church and like, I'm a Christian. You think you're better than me? Oh, you're judging me. Like I bet people right now are nodding their heads. Like that's literally happened to me. It's like suddenly all those years of quote unquote deep friendship. They're so out in you so quickly. That guy's a judger. He thinks he's better. He thinks he's that. And so how, do, how would you encourage that person to love their old friends well and still pursue new community, Christ like, you know, Christ followers, people about the faith that will point them to truth? Yeah, I would, um, I would say that if you follow Jesus, I mean, he promised, hey, if you follow me, people are not gonna like the world around you, people are not gonna like it. Friends, um, I think one of the loving things you can do is to say, hey, I'm not better than you, I'm trying to be, uh, I'm, I'm better off following Jesus than not. So I'm trying to grow in my faith and grow and spending time with him. And when we hang out, it's always in the same environments that are distracting to me, that pull me back into environments that where I'm tempted to, to drink too much. I end up in a fight with somebody or just end up being around uh, a crowd that, that I just need to have some space from right now. And it's not because I, I'm better than anybody. I'm just trying to grow. And I'd have that honest conversation with him. And if your friend is like, oh man, you don't even care about us. And you respond with, no, I really care about you, but I'm trying to grow in my faith because I care ultimately about what Jesus says about me. And they discard you. They may not have ever been an actual real friend. It won't be easy clicking and immediately forming really deep ties with new believers. It's gonna take time. And the best advice I would give anybody is when the Bible talks about the qualities and characteristics, all of us should be trying to grow in and being kind, generous, patient, loving, considerate, um, gracious towards people. Uh, The best way to have friends that have those characteristics, I think is to be the type of friend 
who has those characteristics because everyone wants a friend who's kind, patient, considerate, loving, generous, loyal. So if you are that type of person, all of a sudden, the entire world will want to be friends with you. And so I, I would focus on being that type of friend and giving it time to form deep relationships. But you may have to draw a line in the sand and say, hey, I'm not hanging out with you uh, at night or at the bar, or if we do, are you game to come You know, do certain things? But I wanna grow in my faith right now and I'm just not strong enough. And if they can't accept that, then they may never have actually been a real friend. They might've been a fake friend. And that's, that's a hard reality to, it's a hard pill to swallow yeah. when everything you've known and you, and that doesn't mean those moments together weren't real. It doesn't mean the care wasn't there at times, but the way I look at it, the Bible says that God is love. And so if friendships, you know, it's because I love you and you love me. If a person doesn't know God, how can they truly know love? And if there's no greater love than this, than a man will down his life for his friend, how can that person, Hey, you're trying to put a Christian expectation on someone who does not know how to. And so it's never going to work. It's constantly like, man, I feel like I'm going to the bars for them. I feel like I'm doing things for them, but they won't come to church with me. They won't do this for me. They don't, they don't know how, like they don't know what selfless love. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the other thing is this. I think that what we do is we start following Jesus and then we get, we forget to invite our friends to do it with us. Like we look mm-hmm. at those fake friends and just think like, oh my gosh, like I can't keep doing these things. I, I'm going to drink again. I am going to do this. And so I have to just distance myself and we don't really know how to do that well, but we never say like, Hey, bro, this might seem really weird, but Jesus has been doing some crazy things in my life. And here's, here's what it is. Listen, I know you might think that's whack, but I used to too, but, but here, here's what I know. Here's all that I know. And did, would you ever want to come with me one day? And I think that shows a lot of courage. The real friends show up in those moments because they want to be about what you're about. Totally. Well, and they either like, it's either like, okay, I love that for you. Or, um, hey, how can I help you do that? Or like, yeah, maybe maybe I'll come. Or you end up just saying, hey, I, I don't Probably think this friendship friends. is best. Yeah. But with that, David, how would you say, because it can seem pretty messed up to be just like, all right, you guys, I found Jesus and I'm ditching you. And you do kind of, when you first, you do kind of go all in. And, and I hope that always you're all in, but you can kind of lack some of the tact to be able to communicate and, and you just seem like this crazy religious person at first. And, and it drives people, yeah, brainwash, it drives people away. So how do you do that? How do you kind of separate yourself from friends in a way that is kind and loving? You mentioned a little bit earlier, but talk a little bit more about that. I think you, I think you, there's no magic bullet. You just try to be humble. You try to express and you're going to do it imperfectly. And just because they get upset with you, it doesn't mean, or they call you judgmental, or they say, you know, this is what's wrong with Christians. It doesn't mean you did it wrong, but you try to as best you can. Pray, God, help me in this moment to be humble, to be clothed in humility, which you call us to, to be kind in the words that I have, to have my words seasoned with grace or full of grace and, um, and considerate of someone else, and yet to be full of truth and love. So I, I don't think it's as, as uh, I don't think there's a magic formula but I think you, it really matters with how your heart goes in there and just saying, man, I really care about you and I love you, but I also love Jesus more. And this is a season where I need to devote myself to just growing in my faith and stepping out of relationships that keep pulling me back or pulling me down. Yeah. Can I recap? Yes. All right. So just to recap. You uh, ain't nothing but a hound. Yes, that was part of it. But the recap says, first off, to identify fake friends, know what the Bible says about real friends. Learn it, study it so you can look and know if you need to change your playmate and your playgrounds and identify, hey, I don't think this person is a good 
friend and have be willing to then in return, don't be a fake friend. Have a real conversation with those people. Get down and gritty with it and communicate well. And uh, if you are a real friend and you've come to know God, the best thing you can do to show that how much you love that person is to tell them about the God you found and, and invite them along with you. And then lastly, um, just because people, you start to wake up and realize, hey, this, this isn't like a real friendship, doesn't mean like now you have something that you, you can't just be out on them. Uh, be a good friend and uh, don't give up on them and, and continue to pray for them and fight for them. Yeah, that's so, good. That's all I have. I love it. Hey, that's it. As, as always, uh, if you have questions, you can email us at info at the porch.live. And if not, we will see you next week on another episode of Views from the Porch. We want to thank you for listening to Views from the Porch. For more information about The Porch Ministry, visit us at theporch.live or follow us on social media at The Porch.